All right, everybody, this is a quick update to the week of 22nd January 2020. Uh, I just want to tell you how my week was. It was an interesting weather week, so here we go. Let's get on with the show. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road. With Kingfish, right here. All right, everybody, here's how things went this week. We left out on the 16th, which is a Thursday, headed to Bloomington, California from Chicago. I went and looked at the weather. I always look at the weather. So I always look at the weather. Anyway, you should always look at the weather. Always. So I saw there was a, it has met, Inhalation 6, which is. Uh, basically, you know, inhalation hazard. It's an inhalation hazard. It's uh, uh, class six. Well, going across the route they wanted me to take was 80 to 76 to 70 to 15 south. Well, that takes me across Colorado, and across Colorado is Loveland Pass, or Eisenhower Tunnel, I should say. And you cannot go through the Eisenhower Tunnel with placarded hazmat. So you have to go around, and if you have to go around, you have to go around Loveland Pass, which is, I believe, 17 miles and takes about an hour, and it's deadly. Yes, very deadly. And I saw that there was high winds and snow, projected snow, and veil. Veil's one of those problem areas, you know, with the snow. So if there's going to be high winds and snow and veil... That means at the top of the mountain, which is quite a bit higher up, I'm not sure the exact, you're like eight or 9,000 elevation at the bottom of the mountain at Eisenhower Tunnel. You're at 12.5, I believe, at the top. Yeah, I'll have to look it up, but it's close to that. Anyway, when you get up there, then it's really bad. You were talking switchbacks. We're talking sliding all over the place. We're talking putting chains on. We're talking... I've been driving for a long time, and it still scares me up there sometimes. Yeah, that's it. It really does. So, I just, I try to avoid the place at all possible. So I called them, got it straight, got it changed, switched out to, uh, you know, forty. You know, well, basically fifty-seven to seventy to forty to forty-four to four. You know, to forty to fifteen downtown uh, Southern California, which would basically be Chicago, St. Louis. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Amarillo, um, what's after that, Amarillo, um, Albuquerque, Flagstaff, and then Barstow, California, to be that, along that route. So that's what I did. I had him switched. So anyway, I get down there, and I know it's going to be cold, and you know, it's going to be pretty cold, and might hit some freezing rain, but the 40 is flat. So if I can get down the 44 fast enough, I'm going to be good to go. Like, if it's icy, I can slow down, I can stop, whatever. It's flat, I can live with that. 
but in the 70 it's a lot of hills a lot of mountains a lot of sliding it can it'll tighten your shorts up so i got down there and i never broke loose once you know it looked like it might be a little glossy i was picking up some ice in the back of the mirror by the way the place you're going to see the ice first is in the back of your mirror because your mirror sticks out from the truck and even though the mirror is heated, the heat is going towards the mirror itself. So on the back side of the mirror, on the outside, that's where you'll see your ice build up, and you'll see it on your windshield. Those are the and you'll see it on your wiper blades. Those are the two places you'll see it the worst. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's freezing on the ground, but it's a good idea to you know keep that in mind, pay attention when it does. So I kick off. I'm not running with the cruise control. Never run with a cruise control. I don't run when it's raining, icy, snowy, uh, wind, any kind of adverse weather conditions. Do not run with a cruise control on. Just don't do it. It's it's a problem. So I'm running like 55, 50, you know, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I get to, uh, you know, I make it all the way at the Amarillo, and uh, it's just rain. And then it dries up, and we're on our way in. No problems. Straight into California, pick it up, get there. Load's not ready. Got to sit there for about three and a half hours. Well, it was about three hours. Then they had to go to the shop for about half an hour to get some placards put on because now I got radiation. Radiation 7, which is actually, I'm not even sure what this stuff was. I couldn't pronounce the name if my life depended on it. And it wasn't much of it, like only 174 pounds. And keep in mind, I'm doing LTL, so it's all different kinds of stuff. So I put the placards on, and I want metal plaques, and I want the paper ones, and one of the metal plaques was messed up, so I got that replaced. It's radiation. I'm not going to mess with it. You know, you want to have that stuff properly labeled. So then we head back. We got the southern route again. Straight shot. No problems whatsoever. Absolutely no problems. Made it to Chicago. Not an issue. Uh, hit a little ice, a little snow on the way back, but nothing major, nothing like a big deal. Get to Chicago, switch out, grab the Denver, and uh, head out to Denver. Make it to Denver, a little bit of wind, not too many problems. But, yeah, you know, once again, they don't have any Denver or Chicago freight, so now i got to go to St. Paul. We go up to St. Paul, luckily we turned. And then headed back home. So I left out Thursday, got home late Tuesday night, like 23.30. So today I will have today off, and I will go to sleep. I will do my laundry, and then I will go back to work tomorrow. Or actually tonight, probably leave here about 2 in the morning. So I'll be home about 24 hours, 25 hours. Uh, it's just one of those weeks, you know, sometimes they're a little rougher than others. Now, bearing that in mind, uh, the, the team that left out behind me, uh, that guy went across 80 and then 76 and 70, and he had to fight the snow and the ice the entire way. And it was a grueling, just nightmare for the guy. And he's a good driver. He, he runs about the same pace as I do. They got about a half day behind us, so it was a huge waste of time. I don't even know why they we're going across 70. It's, it's kind of ridiculous in the winter. It, you know, it's just so difficult. But anyway, that being said, that's what we did. And then I get home. I missed all the bad weather on the way back. Roads are dry. Had a good trip. Now, a buddy of mine calls me up tonight, and he says, He's in Nebraska, which is where I just was. He was 12 hours behind me. He's there now. 
the road is complete. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. He's in 25 years of driving. He's never seen it this bad. It rained. It froze. They haven't done anything to it. So he's going 15, 20 miles an hour in the interstate. That's what he's got going on. 15 to 20 miles an hour in the interstate. So when he's going that slow, you know, drivers, wheels are turning. You're making money. If they're not turning, you ain't making no money. So for him to go 15 to 20 miles an hour means it's pretty bad. Let me get some water there. Okay. And I know this guy. I drove with him. It's a great driver. Big John. Big John's uh, just a hell of a driver. Big tall dude. He uh, drove with him for about a year. And uh, I probably still run with him, but we don't have enough seniority to, to hold, you know, really great bits. But anyway, great driver. So if he tells me it's bad, it's bad. What I like to do is I have a network of drivers. You know, there's like six or seven drivers that run the night shift that are on the same route as I am. And we all network with each other. Bad roads. This is what's going on. This is closed. You know, we all, we keep each other up to date. And we just contact each other directly. Send messages, cell phone, whatever. WhatsApp. Uh, if you, you know, we can relay messages to the company. And sometimes we will. But then, you know, they don't really, they're not good at passing things on. And that's not really their job anyway. You know, so we call each other directly. And the nice thing about that is you have a support network. You know, I have people I can call if I'm tired. Uh, I don't, I, if there's something I run across, I don't know. I'll ask one of my guys that I know at the, the night shift. Uh, Sal Paul, you've heard him, that interview with Sal Paul. Sal Paul's one of those guys. He's on the night shift. Um, who's another one? Uh, Copy Man, you've heard Copy Man on here. He's another guy that runs a night shift I can rely on if I have questions. Like uh, when I took out the tank and I got into an incident, I called Copy Man. I never had an incident before. He had a couple, so I wanted to ask his advice. I didn't know what to do paperwork-wise, but it wasn't really a big deal. It was It's like in the tears. It's unfortunate, but there's nothing you can do. So actually the worst thing you can do is swerve, and then you make it worse. And luckily I didn't do that. So that's a good sign. The other thing is, uh, well, you used to have Jimmy on here, Big Jimmy. Jimmy uh, passed away a few years ago. Jimmy was, I've known Jimmy since I first started driving, and we just, you know, two, three, four in the morning. Nobody else is awake. We keep each other awake. Yeah, but Jimmy passed away a couple of years ago. That was sad. I called up and. Or I looked on Facebook and I saw that he was in the hospital and I just talked to him a couple of days before and I had no idea. And uh, he just passed. It was pretty tragic. Losing one of my night guys is pretty, pretty bad. So, you know, Mikey, Mikey joined. So now we got Mikey in there. So we got like five or six guys that rotate in and out all the time. I give them updates. They give me updates. We share war stories and uh, keep each other awake at night sometimes you know people you trust when you're driving it's a solitary endeavor you're out here by yourself you have a co-driver he's asleep and you try not to wake your co-driver up you can if you have to you know it's you know but you try not to because their sleep is very important to you but that being said it's good to have a support network it's good to have a team yeah, you, your support networks are your family, the people you care about at home. Your support networks are going to be uh, 
you know, the company, the dispatch, the information that they can get for you because they can pull things up that maybe you can't get to, you know, on the computer. Uh, your support network is your friends and colleagues that you know and trust. The ones who, you know, have the skills or maybe you, you're missing something and you need it. Or example, um, I have a set run. There's uh, two teams that leave out every day for this run. I know quite a few of them. Uh, if I forget a bag, let's say I forget my my uh, toothbrush, toiletry bag at the truck stop, I'll call the truck stop, ask them to set it to the side. Usually they're really good about this. It's happened a couple times over the years. And then I'll figure out who's running behind me. And I'll call the, one of those guys and say, hey, can you stop at this truck stop and pick this up for me? And then they'll rib you a little bit about dropping it and, you know, forgetting your bag and then you pick it up and, you know, it's all in fun. I've done that for others and uh, others have done that for me because I'm not going to get back there for a week. And it's nice to get your stuff back right away, especially if it's a toothbrush or something. I mean, you got to go buy another one, but at least you want your original stuff back, you know, your razor and things. So it's good to have your support network. It's very important. All right. So that being said, Big John's over in Nebraska. He's running on a sheet of ice right now. It's 22nd November or January 2020. And he's on, uh, you know, that's uh, five, five in the morning. He's running on a sheet of ice. So if you're out there in Nebraska, be careful. Watch out for that ice. Wyoming this year. I'm getting a lot of text alerts from Wyoming saying the roads are closed. I'm not going across Wyoming, but... If you go to the Wyoming website, the DOT website, and look up traffic uh, notifications, you'll see it in there. It's listed like something like that. You can get text messages, and they'll tell you when the road's closed, but there are traffic alerts. But my suggestion is if you do this, don't do what I did. Don't ask for all, because they'll send you like 6000 an hour. That's not an exaggeration. I had a hard time getting it to stop on my phone because they were coming in so fast. I had like, I don't know, like eight or 9,000 messages in an hour. And it kept saying variable speed limits in effect, variable speed limits in effect. No, the thing you want to do is you want to make sure you say road closures only, and then only on the main highways. Don't worry about the secondary roads you're not going to be traveling on. And then you'll just get an alert a couple of times a day. It's not so bad. Uh, Colorado, Colorado used to have the great weather report. These guys... It was human beings. They'd give you the weather report on the hour, and they tell you what was going on, and it was just fantastic. Now they switched it to some automated crap. It's not nearly as good, uh, you know. When they had the human beings, you could. It was. I just thought Colorado was nailing. It. I thought they had the best system in the country, but now it's all automated. And it's just not as good. I don't know. Well, that being said. Not much else going on. Still hoping to get uh, the press pass for Matt's. That's the Mid-American Truck Show. If I can get that, I'm going to go to Matt's. And we're going to talk to some vendors and you know see some trucks and see what's going on. If I don't get the press pass, we'll probably still go to Matt's. But we may not record anything because, you know, we won't have any credibility. It won't, you know, it'll, you know... There's a big difference between, you know, having some credibility and being recognized for what you're doing and then they know who you are to then being uh, just some strange guy walking around with a microphone. I've already got a couple of drivers that, uh, well, at least I got one driver that's going to go with me, maybe two. And because uh, I'm going to need, and oh, I said, and um, ooh, more for the purse jar for life. I need someone to hold the uh, cameras, you know, and help me with the mics and. 
you know, a friend of mine, he's like, oh, you just want to keep me busy because you know I'm not feeling well and because you know, he broke up with his girl. And I'm like, no, no, Robbie, I want you to go because you can carry a lot of stuff. And I think you'd have a lot of fun and I think you'd get into it. So if we get to go, Robbie, Robbie's going to go with us. That's uh, uh, Robbie Wiseman. So we'll just call him the wise man, I guess. I'm not sure if Robbie has a CB handle. I'll have to ask him. But I think Rob would be a great, uh, let's call him Rob for now. I think Rob would be a great addition to the team. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he gets into it. You know, he, he gets into the story. And I think he's, and he's listened to the podcast. And he knows what I'm trying to go to go for. And he's another one of my night guys. Rob's another one, you know, who I'll call in the middle of the night. He'll call me if he gets tired. Uh, we'll share war stories. Uh, he's a younger guy, but he's been around for a while. Good driver. At least I, I've never driven with Rob, but I've heard plenty of people say he's a good driver. Um, you know, oh, here we go with the water again. I'm still popping, but at least I'm drinking water, right? Anyway, ooh, I bet you those sounds are annoying. So anyway, that's what we going. That's what we got going on on that front. Uh, we added the ads at the end of the podcast, of course. So, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if we'll keep that or not. We may, we may ditch it out. It's, uh, we'll see how it goes. It's, you know, it's not that important to me, but if it pays for itself, that would be kind of fun. Not really trying to make money off this. Just trying to have fun. Yeah, I really enjoy the spoken word. And since I talk too much anyway, why not record it and put it out there? You know, so anyway, um, it's pretty much all I can think about right now. I gotta go do some stuff, get ready for work tonight. Oh, fun for me. Uh, like I said, just be careful out there. It's a lot of ice and snow. We're in the we're in the deepest part of winter right now. We're seeing a lot of you know freezing rain this year. A lot. Freezing rain is deadly. One year before I go, I'll tell you this. I was going to Chicago and it was freezing rain, and the rain froze on the truck, and I couldn't get out of the truck when I got to the yard. Yeah, I couldn't get out of the truck. I was in, the whole truck was encased in ice, literally encased in ice, like two, three inches of ice. So I had to call into the into the terminal and I said, "Hey, I can't get out of the truck. The trucks, the doors are frozen." And they're like, "What? You're you're kidding, right?" And I go, "No, no, I'm not kidding." And so they send a couple of spotters over, and they're the yard guys who do the yard work. And uh, they chipped the doors open for me. And it took a little while, too, because, like I said, it was like two, three inches of ice. It was a big, huge block of ice. And so what happened was they kept chipping until they finally got me out of the truck. It took about, oh, I'd say about half hour, 45 minutes. It was pretty crazy. Uh, the whole time, it probably would have been a lot faster, except those guys kept looking up at me and laughing because they thought it was hilarious that I was stuck in the truck. And this thing had so much, I mean, this truck was just, it was like one big block ice. It was unbelievable. So, you know, things like this could happen. I couldn't roll down the windows. I couldn't do anything. Eventually what happened was uh, we got most of it off and then they uh, opened the door, you know, held the handle from the outside and I kicked the door from the inside. You know, and I sat there and just kicked it until finally we got the door to, to break loose and open up. Which was good because, you know, I kind of had to go to the restroom. And it was really getting to be a little awkward. But uh, that being said, it was uh, it was pretty funny now that I look back on it. Uh, you know, the spotters were like, they just couldn't believe how much ice was on this thing. And I had started driving and I didn't stop, you know, until 
you know, the thing was encased in ice. If I would have stopped a few times, maybe I could have, you know, got out before it was got so bad. I thought it was kind of funny. And, you know, and I think about it, it was kind of a safety hazard. So if you get into some serious uh, ice, and I've been in a lot of freezing rain. I've never had that happen before. But if you get in some freezing rain, uh, try opening your doors once in a while. Don't uh, do not do like I did, run five or six hours and then get in case like that because you may not get out of the truck. You know, it may be a hassle, so you got to really be careful. Uh, when we were over in Nebraska, it was negative five degrees Fahrenheit, so it was pretty cold. When I got out to fuel the truck, it was pretty cold. Oh, that's another, I forgot to tell you, on the way to Denver, uh, it was negative five, so I added some anti-gel. Diesel will freeze up, turns into this like gelatinous, subs gelatinous substance. So I added some anti-gel to each tank. I usually don't add it too much because teams keep rolling it. Usually doesn't freeze too easy on teams. But anyway, I added it. Stuff's kind of expensive. That's why you don't really want to go crazy on it. And, you know, we switched out and my co-driver got about 150 miles. And the truck froze. Started surging and the power died. And he kept losing power and he got down to like 45. And he made it to the truck stop. And lo and behold, he popped the hood and looked at the fuel filter and the fuel filter the diesel had frozen up and was turning to gel so we had to call the service vendor and the vendor came out and he switched out the fuel filter and you know cleaned everything out and got us going again but you know even with the uh you know the anti-gel it still did it you know maybe if i i don't know maybe i should put more in i don't know but i put in what they said you know it's kind of scary but oh what are you gonna do you know you know, crazy winter stuff. I've had uh, brakes slightly, you know, compress and cause weight and catch on fire because of cold. You know, it was 70 below. But this was only 5 below. With only 5 below. Yeah, I tried standing out there for very long. Hell, it was hard fueling the truck. You know, it was very hard. Now, generally, teams won't freeze because the truck is moving and the fuel's jostling around and so it keeps it from freezing. But even with the anti-gel, it, I don't know, it, it still froze for whatever reason. We're the kind of team that doesn't stop, so it's very rare we come, come across something like that. Anyway, I'm rambling right now, so I'm going to get going. I got some stuff I got to do. And, you know, like I said, try to stay warm out there if you're in the Midwest and, and you're in the way of whatever storm's coming. Hopefully next week will be a little bit better. I haven't looked at the weather for next week. Hopefully it won't be so bad. I'd like to get one nice week, you know. On a really good week where there's no problems, I can get home Tuesday morning. Have Tuesday off, Wednesday, and then go back Thursday. I can live with that. On a bad week where we get delays, well, who knows. And I'd like to get home, maybe fly the drone a little bit, got that Mavic Mini, get some footage, see what happens. All right, I can hear the intro music. It's playing in the background. It's time to go. All right, Kingfish out. <laughs>